Hello, Neil here, with episode 9 of Short Stories for Stressed Grown-Ups. This week's journey explores how certain sounds can prompt incredibly vivid memories. Maybe this story might prompt some fond ones for you. Remember, if you know anyone else who might also need a helping hand to unwind, escape, relax or sleep, be sure to let them know about these stories. And... If there's anything you'd like me to write a story about, be sure to let me know. Just as a couple of listeners asked this week if I could write something based on a sound that evoked a strong sense of comfort and contentment for them. Okay, just before we start, take a moment to get yourself comfortable. Good. Now close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths. In and out. In and out. Now, let's begin. Today's story is called Rain. The rain continued to pour outside as Matt leaned forward, wipers on full speed, trying to get the best possible view through the slightly fogged windscreen. Luckily, it was just him on the road. Nobody else would be dumb enough to be out on these roads at this time of night in a storm. He spotted the turning just up ahead on the left, a short gravel drive, opening out into a car park, big enough for four cars, but plenty big enough for just his. He pointlessly pulled his flimsy summer jacket up to cover his head, jumped out of the car and ran round to the boot to grab his bulging overnight bag. He slammed the boot, but didn't bother locking the car. In all the years he'd been coming here, he'd never heard of anything going missing. He longed for a return to those same 1950s values as he ran down the slightly overgrown and slippery paving slabs, already soaked through, fumbling in his pocket as he went for the keys. He reached the five-berth caravan, which was sitting precariously on the same wooden blocks it had been when he first came here as a 17-year-old with his two best friends more than 20 years ago. It had been his first holiday away from his parents, His dad had insisted on driving the 50 miles to make sure he knew he'd arrived safely and had insisted on driving back two days later to make sure he left safely too. The tiny key moved freely in the well-worn lock, barely getting purchase as he gently twisted, being sure not to break it. As he clicked the front door handle and pulled, the smell of 20 happy holidays flooded his nostrils as he ducked inside, flicked on a light switch and dropped his bag by the door. He smiled as he stood in that vivid, velour-coated time capsule, ran his fingers across the faded, wood-effect melamine cupboard doors, then closed his eyes for a moment, breathing deeply as he listened to the rain drumming on the roof.
he walked through the narrow kitchen towards the lounge, smelling the musty curtains as he clicked the gas fire into life. Before it even had a chance to warm up, the orange glow filled the room, creating an instantaneous sense of cosiness. He walked to a small cupboard with a tall, narrow door, opening it to reveal a mini ironing board he'd never seen anyone use, a broom and a clothes airer. He arranged the airer in front of the gas fire, at the safe distance his friend Dave had marked with a strip of blue tape. It was still there, barely clinging to the green, shallow pile carpet. By the light of the gas fire, he began to undress, placing his wet clothes expertly on the airer. It seemed every time he made this yearly pilgrimage it was raining, so he'd become an expert at this particular ritual. The room had already started to warm up, and, as he removed the small towel from his overnight bag to dry his dark brown curls, he stood in his underpants, remembering Dave and Adrian's raised voices as they argued over the semantics of a trivial pursuit answer. They'd stopped coming back with him a few years ago. Dave seemed to have devoted his life to the combined pursuits of career fatherhood and overpopulation by having the seven children he'd always had he'd intended to have. Which meant spare weekends, if he wanted to stay married, were no longer a concept. Adrian now lived in Florida and had been one of the engineers on the spaceship that had been built to find a parallel Earth so they were lucky if they even got the chance to catch up on Zoom once a year. Matt had never really had the same focus as the other two. He tried many things in the hope he might one day discover his dream job. From removal man to barista, warehouse picker to doorman. He'd earned enough to pay the bills, save a bit, and pay for a couple of holidays a year. But happiness for him wasn't about career. It was more about trying lots of different things, filling his mental scrapbook with a thousand new adventures. But he realised too that his days of adventuring might soon have to come to an end. The groups of friends he'd cherished always with had continued to grow smaller, each peeling off to do their bit to keep the human race from extinction. At the hostels where he stayed, he started to feel old, out of place like a pensioner on the dance floor. Maybe next year he'd bring someone special here. This was as good a place as any to test relationship compatibility. If she wasn't happy to share a damp bed, with nothing but him and the patter of raindrops on the roof for entertainment, then she wasn't the girl for him. Which was probably why he was still on his own. He put the kettle on, grabbing a Ziploc bag full of tea bags from a cupboard, which also happened to contain three tins of beans and a box of tiny, hotel-sized, long-life milk pots. He rummaged back in his overnight bag, finding a matching grey sweatshirt and sweatpants. He pulled them on, then took his tea and reclined on the light brown velour sofa, lit only by the flickering bars of the gas fire. He could hear it, but it wasn't until he closed his eyes he could really hear it. Each individual drop of rain that fell on the roof above combined to make unrecognisable cacophonies 
that now and again form recognisable beats. He imagined for a minute that the elements were trying to communicate with him, send him a message from the clouds, or even from heaven itself. What are you smiling at? said Adrian. What's he smiling at? said Adrian to Dave, hoping this time to get an answer. Adrian looked down at the card he was holding. Okay, for a brown cheese, who is by far the most famous creation of Michael Bond. James Bond, shouted Dave proudly. Adrian starts to laugh. Matt laughs too. Before they know it, they're both crying with laughter. Oh yeah, really funny guys. So was it wrong? His question reinvigorates Matt and Adrian's laughter. So who was it? Said Adrian. Matt opens his eyes, surveying the empty room and its fiery glow. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a trivial pursuit card, reads it out loud to the empty room. The answer is Paddington Bear. He smiles, closes his eyes and slides the worn question-answer card back into his jogging bottoms. He lies back again, but this time, rather than the distant voices of his best friends, all he can hear is the rain hammering down on the caravan roof, while he lies cosy, warm and dry, cushioned by the faded velour of the caravan sofa. <laughs>